0: Today on the Talent Cast, we take things just a little too far. <laughs> You're welcome. Be right back. Hello, and welcome to the Talent Cast. I'm your host, James Ellis. We're here to talk about employer branding and talent acquisition, talent recruitment marketing at some fairly deep levels. We're not here to pitch books. We're not here to pitch software. This is a 100% pitch-free zone. We're here to go back to first principles and really think through what it's going to take for you to be better at employer brand and talent acquisition, for you to win the war for talent yes that's a bad metaphor yes people shouldn't say it yes it's also my twitter handle so i can't help you this will not be your standard podcast this will be a little goofy a little weird a little bit of me hopefully you're going to learn something from it if you like it please tell people uh if you like it a lot review us on itunes and google play otherwise you can hear learn more about us or talk to us directly on twitter again at the war for talent or just go to our website thetalentcast.com so that having been said here's the show Hey, how you doing? James Ellis here at the Talent Cast. Thanks so much for listening. Quick housekeeping. Uh, that webinar, employer brand webinar series I keep talking about it keeps rolling along. The next one is with Philip Black of Omabono uh a a agency that does a lot of employer brand stuff and philip is fantastic so we did our run through just the other day the actual webinar will be on thursday i think it's thursday uh definitely check that out Uh, i'll put the link in the show notes also i'm doing a double webinar this month and next month on employer brand 101 and 201 so if you google career arc james ellis you'll find that it and i'll put a link to the show notes because that's what i do uh also one quick thanks to hung lee if you're not reading recruiter brain food or getting that newsletter you should because it's great and it's super smart and it's fantastic and he said something nice about me which was super sweet and unnecessary uh because i still think he's amazing and they still talk about him on linkedin so anyway can an employer brand go too far that's what we want to talk about um so a friend of mine uh friend of mine, true, sent me who, by the way, I'm talking to in a couple of weeks for the Employer Brand Series. I'm super looking forward to that because we've never actually spoken. We've done a lot of LinkedIn Twitter conversations and, you know, we're in that doing that mutual admiration society. I d- never met her. I don't know. i never spoken to her. I'm really excited for that. Sent me this post. Um, I'm going to remove the names just because I don't want to give this person or this company any more, you know, attention or brand awareness than they need. Uh, But it's making the rounds, so if you're looking for exactly what I'm talking about, it's very easy to find. So a guy, let's call him Josh because that's his name, um, is the CEO of a company, a media company, and he posted on LinkedIn, and I'm going to quote here because, you know, you don't want to mess this one up. I've never met someone who runs and is not successful. Not one. At, insert company name, we instill in every employee the importance of taking care of your health. When other companies have employees work far past their energy threshold, we send them home. When other companies have jars of candy, we have protein shakes. We don't even let soda make its way into our office. We're ruthless about it. And then later on it goes on. Oh, um, a healthy culture leads to healthy ideas. There's no room for compromise. If you spend your free time drinking diet soda and watching Netflix, the chances of you innovating at your job are almost zero. You may come up with the next food delivery app, but that's about it. <sighs> okay, let's go squ- scrolling down. Uh, every morning I wake up between four and four thirty to wake out work out for two hours. As the founder, I set the tone. I can't only preach, I have to lead. Yeah. That's what he said. So so when Churu sent this to me, I her instinct was <sighs> and I went I went, yeah, there's a lot of <sighs> to this. But I kept digging at it, I kept thinking about it, because I thought there was something interesting here. But I also had that same reaction that other people have had about this is really, wow, okay, that's a lot. That's, wow. Um, and so I wanted to break it down a little bit. So first off, um, you're seeing a lot of this kind of culture, if that's really the word we want to talk about it. Um, I think it started about seven or eight years ago. I assume Tim Ferriss was one of the big founders of it, um, you know, optimizing your body, life hacking, uh, measuring everything you do, uh, stop eating regular food and just eat pills and soylent. Um, you know, exercise all you want. Wake up at 4:30 every morning as a point of pride. Um, it's it's a thing. It's it's a culture. Um, I've, I'm interested in it because I think there are pieces of it that have been interesting for me to learn, and certainly. It's enabled me to make some good choices in my for my own living. I've gone off sugar and most carbs this year, and I'm probably going to do it again next year, and it's been super healthy for me. lost a whole bunch of weight, which is fantastic. Would I tell other people to do it? No. Do I work in a place where there are donuts on a regular basis? Yes. Would I ever tell anybody not to do that? No. Do I bring candy into the office on a regular basis just because I know people like candy and it makes people feel good? Yeah. Do I have any? No. <laughs> But there is that culture that says, here's who we are, we're all about this health, and we're going to push, and we're going to optimize, and we're going to be beyond boundaries. But he starts off, and that's fine, that's fine, but he starts off by saying, I've never met someone successful, I'm sorry, I've never met someone who runs and is not successful. That is quite a line in the sand, because what he's almost saying, and he's not quite, but there's a there's a logical fallacy here you almost miss, is the idea that if you don't run, you can't be successful. To which I will say, ha, have you met my friend Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, well, I'm sorry, actually Steve Jobs actually would run occasionally. Bill Gates, not so much. Warren Buffett, not much of a runner. Moz, not a runner. Not a runner. Big guy, not a runner. They may work out. There are plenty of CEOs who say they work out uh, a couple times a week every single day, but they don't necessarily run. But he's making this claim that I've never met someone who runs who is not successful. The inversion of that is not true, but the way it's written suggests that it might be, that only that su- only uh, the successful people always run. right? Again, logical fallacy. It's not true, but you can see that it's implied in it. And that sets the tone for this whole post because what he's saying is I'm so committed to my health, I expect everyone around me to be committed to their health at that level. We do not have soda. We ban soda. Um, We are committed to this idea. Now, from an employer brand standpoint, I applaud being so open and upfront. right? I'm a huge fan of the Shackleton article or the Shackleton um, job posting such as it was that said, uh, this job will be hard, strenuous, dangerous dark, dreary, unpleasant, but if it's successful, you'll be amply rewarded, right? He's talking about going to the South Pole. He's, he's effectively saying, look, this is an impossible job. We're probably not going to make it, but if we do, it will be hard every step of the way, but if we make it back, glory and riches, right? Fantastic. I love that job description. And by the way, that came, I stole that from Tim Ferriss, so there you go. Uh, you can start to see some of those connections, that unforgivingness uh, of, of that of the culture, right? You know, we're going to, everything is going to be the worst but when we return, when we will return as heroes. There's like, a, like a, a Valkyrie kind of moment there, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, die with your shield on, right, sort of thing. It's, it's, it's Spartan-y, right? And that's fine, I guess. And, that, and I get the idea is valid. He's saying, look, we're a healthy company. We like people who work out. We prefer people who work out. And if you dig past some of the bluster here, that's what comes through. We're not saying we expect everybody to work out, but these are the kinds of people you'll be surrounded by, and if you are uncomfortable with that, you're not gonna be comfortable here. That's what he's sorta of getting at, and that's how you would express the employer brand, but he's not. He's pushing it way too far. He's drawing lines in the sand that don't need to be drawn, right? Um, taking it, let's make an example. So about, I wanna say a year and a half ago, two years ago, CVS, the big drugstore chain, health, healthcare services company, uh, Fortune 10 company, by the way, for those of you who don't realize how massive they are, um, they decided we have to stop selling cigarettes. Why? Well, because it was simple. They said, look, we can't call ourselves a healthcare company and then sell everybody poison all day long. That 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 doesn't jive. That doesn't align. If a brand is a pattern, and it is, we are breaking our own pattern. So we have to say, no, we won't sell cigarettes anymore. And everybody kind of went nuts for a couple of days or a couple of weeks. Um, Some people said, well, how dare you tell me what I'm not allowed to buy? And that's not true. That's not actually what they were saying. They were saying, we won't sell them to you. You can buy them plenty of other places. We just won't sell them to you. We will not be part of that. And we don't mind leaving money on the table because you will no longer be, be buying cigarettes from us and potentially not buying anything from us. But we are so committed to this concept of health, to our brand about health, that we are saying no to cigarettes. And there was another crowd that says, well, if you're saying no to cigarettes, Why do you still sell soda, and candy, and cakes, and all sorts of other things full of sugar, and uh, preservatives, and fats, and yellow number five, and whatever. Nitrates, and all sorts of scary sounding words. Well, they said, you're right. Those things aren't great for you, and you should probably not eat them all day long, but there's nothing inherently bad about sugar. If you have some sugar, it will not hurt you. In fact, your body's pretty good at it. In fact, as a child, (laughs) you kind of need it. So we're going to keep selling, but really that's about, this is where we drew the line. This is where we said, this is a product too far, as it were. They didn't say, if you're fat, don't walk in the door. If you smoke, don't walk in the door. They simply said, look, we can't in all good conscience sell you a cigarette. Someone else will. I'm sure they will. And go for it. We don't care, but this is not what we do. This is not what we're about. They ate their own dog food, right? They said, if we're a brand about health, we have to be about promoting health at every stage of the game. Now, have they asked and paid people to go to the gym and pay their employees to go to the gym and lose weight and all that stuff? I don't know, but that was their big thing, they stopped selling cigarettes. It was something. And it made a lot of sense. Like I said, they, they probably lost a lot of money in, initially, but I think it, over time it aligns their brand. It shows how as they expand out things like their healthcare network, doctors and clinics and stuff like that. It's very <laughs> how serious can you take your doctor if after they check your pulse they offer to sell you a cigarette? You can't. You can't take that stuff seriously. You can't take that person seriously. And that's really where they were heading. They were establishing that brand to move in a direction where they could be the leaders in doctors and clinics, because that's where the real money is. It's not in soda. It's not in ice, even though the margin on ice is insane. Um, It's on establishing themselves as a place where you go to get healthy. Everything from here's where your prescriptions are, everything from here's where your ACE bandages are, here's where your makeup is, because you know I guess, and then here's where you go to see the doctor. They were shifting their business and aligning it to the brand. And so they had to throw something over the side, and that's what they did. Now, the way they did it made a lot of sense. They simply said, look, we're drawing the line. We're saying that's too much. But that's not what's happening in this case. This person's saying, uh, I'm only about runners and only people who run. People run who are only, are always successful. And I wake up at four to four thirty every single morning, and I'm committed. I'm perpetually driven. Yada yada yada. That's not quite what's happening here. There's this sense, if you read between the lines, and in fact, if you read the later uh, LinkedIn post where he kind of walks it back a smidge. Um, so let me reread the second post. He said, people attacked me, hundreds of negative comments because of our company culture. We remove soda from our workplace and encourage people to work out. As the co-founder, I build a health-conscious company. Does everybody feel, fit with our culture? No, we don't need everyone. Um, do, 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 do. Our, my culture doesn't have to be yours, nor do I force people to accept it. See, he's already walking back. He's realized he's pushed it way too far or at least he's trying to explain himself, whether he realizes he pushed it too far, that's a, i have no way of knowing, but he's definitely kind of couching it in terms of his brand because he realized he may have overstated the case. He may have pushed a little too far. He wants, you can see, he wants his brand to be about, we're all about success, right? We only hire people, we want, we want to hire people who run because those people tend to be successful, which means they're driven, they wake up at 4.30, we wake up at 4.30, Uh, We work out two hours in the morning. They work out two hours in the morning. They're healthy. They're motivated. They're willing to do things that are hard to get something good. right? That's a better way to state what is deep down inside he's trying to get it or what he at least maybe even just thinks he's saying. Maybe he doesn't realize the tone around which this whole I've never met anyone who runs who isn't successful. That's insanely exclusionary. He wants it to be about success, but what he's re- his brand is not about success. His brand is about being unforgiving and unflexible, unwilling to consider other points of view. He's made it not so much that, hey, look, we tend to be healthy and we like to surround ourselves with healthy people, and if you get that, we want you around here. But if you're not that, we're totally cool with you being here, but you just have to be cool with being around healthy people, right? I didn't look for a company that says, oh, yeah, we've banned sugar and carbs from our workplace. I knew that whatever job I took would have donuts in it. I'm not an idiot. And I didn't demand that they all meet my points of view. And they haven't demanded I eat a carb. I don't think. Maybe they have. Hard to say. There will, you know, in, we live in a world where we have to consider other points of view. But the way he made this, established this brand, removed that. He made it about a single point of view and not in a single voice. He made it all about himself. Yes, I get that he's writing about himself, and I get that he's writing in his own LinkedIn profile, but he names his company in the thing. He links to it. He's got to know that as the owner and founder, in fact, he says, I'm the owner founder. I can no longer preach. I, can, I have to lead. He's saying, this is how my whole company is. What he's really saying is, we're about a single voice. Mine. This isn't about harmony. This isn't about um, uh, managing an orchestra or getting a lot of notes in the same direction or creating alignment. It's about you believe as I believe or you aren't here. That's the tone of what's coming through. And what's underneath that, whether he realizes it or not, and the reason why this has engendered so much conversation and so many negative comments, is what it's not saying, but is coming through. Things like, I am smarter than you. I work harder than you. I am more driven than you. I am better than you. And he's doing so without offering any proof points because I've never heard of this company, despite the fact that their company name is, has a a pretty uh, (laughs) interesting claim in it. I'll let you Google it and figure it out. Um, He's saying he's better than everybody else. And yet I don't know him. So I have no proof that his process leads to success. Maybe it is. Maybe he's a multimillionaire and I don't know it. But because I don't know it without that context Brand is pattern. There's a lot of context in here. Without that context what I'm left to read about is this post and what I'm getting from it is that he thinks he's better than me. Which may be true but I have no way of knowing. Beyond that what he's saying is that he is desiring to be surrounded by People much like himself, driven, waking up at 4.30 every morning, working out for two hours, before going to work, and pushing themselves beyond the bounds, and yada, 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 driven, ambitious, motivated, yada, yada, yada. yada. He's talking about alpha dogs. He wants to be surrounded by other alpha dogs. Now, here's the problem when you scratch the surface. One alpha dog is all you need. If you put five beta dogs, if that's what you want to call them, an alpha emerges. Eventually, someone ends up becoming the leader, Right? That's just how systems work. A leader has to manifest itself. Conversely, when you put five alpha dogs in a room, there have to be betas. And now you're asking people who are normally, who you say, I just want alphas. Put them in the room with me, I'm the boss. I have to be the alpha. And It doesn't sound like this is a guy listening to anybody else's opinion or points of view. Now he's asking all these alphas to be betas to him. So if I'm an alpha and I read this and I'm initially motivated by, yeah, this is a guy who gets it. This is a guy who sounds like me. I want to be like him. I want to work for this company. And then you show up and suddenly you don't get a, a choice. You don't get your own point of view. You have to follow the leader and the leader ain't you. How does that work? What kind of culture are you building there? This sounds toxic. This sounds, he's being very dismissive, right? Of anybody else, what was the line? Um, you may come up with the next food delivery app, but that's about it. One, the good people at Grubhub and Seamless seem to be doing okay. Amazon Eats, you know, or Amazon to Go or whatever that thing's called. Uber Eats, you know, they're they're they're, they're these companies are big name companies. Amazon, <laughs> these are things. So you may claim that it's just a food delivery app, but just because it's not delivering soilant to you doesn't mean it's. Bad. He's dismissive of what other people are doing and what other people are having to say. I don't know that he means it, but that's exactly what's coming through. A good brand, when you boil it right down, a good brand is absolutely authentic. It aff- absolutely allows you to differentiate one brand from another, which is why things like uh, you go back to um, uh, detergents, right? What's the difference between I, All, and Tide? huh One gets out stains. Does that mean the other doesn't? I think they all get out stains. One's got the boosting power of something or something. They're all the same. So those brands are desperately trying to differentiate themselves from each other. A good brand is defensible, meaning we say we're X. Here, let me show you how we're X. When Volvo says they're safe, you know what they do? They take a car, and they drive it off the top of a building, and they crash it. And they say we're safe. People survive and that stuff. That's defensible. They're offering proof. They're not just making a claim for the sake of making a claim because they think it works. They're defending it. And this guy's not defending any of that. I don't see it. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm saying, in the context of this post, which, by the way, kind of went viral, he's got to be aware that this is what people are seeing. It's not defensible. It's certainly differentiating, but not, in a, I mean, and maybe not in a great way. And I actually have no problems with the concept that he's differentiating himself. We're all about this and we're totally cool if you're not with us and you don't have to apply. And I love that. I mean, I love that part of it. I love that concept of it and that's where he gets to eventually in his other post. But he's so dismissive at the beginning that if a brand is a pattern, and it is, you have to take both pieces. You can't One doesn't overwhelm the other. One doesn't remove the other. I have to read the first post and the second post and create the brand. He didn't negate the feelings I had reading that first post. He didn't remove that part of the puzzle. He just surrounded it up by other pieces that made more sense, but didn't really, and tried to create a frame around that first piece, but it still exists. And finally, a good brand, especially an employer brand, shows where the reader fits. Ultimately, ultimately, an employer brand is not about saying this is why we're better, but about saying this is why we're better for you. You should work here. You should apply here. We would like to talk to you because you get something out of it. And that is the piece we always forget. I say we as if we're all doing this the same way. Many of you are doing a great job with this, but that's the part that gets lost in most employer brands. It's about the recipient. What does the recipient feel? What does the recipient understand? What does a recipient learn? It's absolutely what this guy forgot. He was so tingling <laughs> with his ability to make a controversial claim and stand by it, which by the way, he does, that he forgot where other people fit. He's a single note, not a harmony. And if I'm interested, if I'm another alpha dog and I'm going, this guy's right, I want to be part of this, there's no part that says, and then where do I fit? Where does the next alpha dog fit? How do I create value? How do I feel good about this? It's missing. He wants it to be about success, but he's created something that's toxic, right? He's filtered out all other opinions. If you don't run, don't talk to me. If you eat sugar, don't talk to me. If you drink soda, goodbye. It's, a, it's almost a, a moral, moral high ground he's trying to claim based on running, which I don't get. But I'm not a runner. And again, I'm fine. This isn't meant for me. I'm one of those people he wants to go, ugh, no, and run away. He's totally cool with that. This is a successful post for him because I've said no, not that I was in the mood or not was interested, but no is exactly what he was shooting for. He's perfectly happy, and this is the part I get and this is the part I applaud. He's perfectly happy dismissing and pushing away 99% of people to attract the 1% of people who go, yes, that is me. I just think he's done it in such a way that he doesn't have a second step. It doesn't have a follow-through page, place where the alpha dog goes, yeah, other alpha dogs. I want to be sur- surrounded by other alpha dogs. How do you have a room with alpha dogs? It doesn't work. Hey. Uh, Just interrupting myself for just a second, just to remind you that because this podcast has made me extraordinarily wealthy, there's really nothing you can do. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to make any commercials or anything. You do not have to donate anything at all to keep this podcast going. Again, wealthy beyond my wildest dreams. Thank you all. I appreciate it. All you can do to help me make this podcast even better somehow is to review us on iTunes and Google Play and other places that you review and share podcast information. That's all you got to do. Leave some stars, leave a review, whatever you got to do. We really appreciate it. It's what keeps us going. Thanks to the people who've done it already, but keep them coming. We really do, like I said, we really do appreciate that. That's all I had to say. Again, I want to stop interrupting myself to bring you the amazing voices of me. Bye. So, oh, there's one other piece to this. This is what happens when you try and make the person the brand. Now, I've worked for big companies. I work for small companies. I've done work with both. And in small companies especially, the, the owner, the CEO, drives the culture, right? That's the problem with diversity hiring and that it's hard to create diverse audiences when the first person, when the owner hires someone. They tend to hire someone much like themselves, like, likes, like, right? It's very standard psychology, consequently. They get similar points of views. And there's incentive behind that, right? If I hire someone who's radically different from me, it's gonna take me longer to onboard them and get them to understand what I'm trying to do. If I get someone who sounds and acts and thinks like me, it's a much faster process. We speak the same language. Consequently, now that there's two of us getting the third person on, guess what? They're also gonna sound like us and me. And then when you add the fourth, and then you're calcifying and standardizing and structurizing and optimizing that culture. Again, around that one single voice, the owner. And it's a rare company that knows how to say, yes, I'm the owner, but I'm here part of a team. And I want every part of the team to have a voice and to have a say in this, to have, an, have skin in the game if that's the way you want to put it. That's very hard to do. In some ways, it is expensive. There is a cost associated with it. Having a diverse audience or having a diverse uh, team is not easy. This isn't a racist thing, this is simply a matter of, or a sexist thing, or a gender focused thing, or a xenophobic thing, it's simply a matter of, look, people tend to hire people who they are. And it is a little harder. If I was to hire someone who's radically different from me, it would be hard. I speak in metaphors and I hire someone who's very, very uh, uh, literal, I'm in trouble. I have to go and work twice as hard to get them to understand what I want. Now, if I'm smart and I see their value of being different from me and able to push my point of view in the right direction and backstop me and I can backstop them, then it's worth the investment. But creating that culture is harder. And by saying it's a single point of view, it's all about me. It's all about Josh. And everybody follows Josh because Josh is the boss. And Josh wakes up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And Josh is going to go to work, work out for two hours, before he even walks in the day. He's going to get all swole. <gasps> I'm, I'm projecting. He'll excuse me. It's not about the other person. There is no brand. There's the person. And even if you look at companies that are obviously at its core, that person, you look at Apple. Apple and Steve Jobs are synonymous, even though he's been dead for like seven years now. Tim Cook's doing a fine job, not a great job in my opinion, I think he's doing a different job. He's much in the same way that, you know, Bill Gates to Balmer to, to Nutella here, who, by the way, is fantastic, I just can't pronounce his name to save my life, I've never actually heard it per- per- said in my presence, <laughs> I need to hear his name so I get it right so I don't sound like an asshole, because um, I don't mean to be in that case, certainly. Um, the difference in the changing out the leader slowly changed the culture. So if you look at a company like Apple and you think, well, Steve was the culture. No, he wasn't. He was the alpha dog. And while he hired very, very smart people, he pushed them. But he also encouraged other points of view. He encouraged other thoughts. He encouraged people around him to push him because he expected to push other people. And by moving to Tim Cook, has that changed very much? Tim and Steve are fairly radically different people, all things considered. Um, but the culture is still driven pushing the envelope, trying to do new things. It's a different context, but it's not radically different. My favorite, however, is, of course, Uber. And you hope that the culture driven by Travis Kalanick goes away now that Travis is mostly out of the picture, though not completely, and that's a hilarious situation. And I'm sorry, Dara, for the situation you have adopted, but you have quite the fight on your hands. Um, The question is, can Uber change to be more inclusive and open to other voices and other opinions? when its owner has seeded this culture of, nope, my way or the highway, I'm smarter than y'all, which sounds familiar, right, or Elon Musk. All of Musk's companies, do you know anybody who works at in a Musk company who isn't named Elon? Of course not. We only hear about Elon. He's the face of all these things. And for a guy with a funny accent who stutters and is a horrible pr- uh, professional speaker, he's still compelling as hell, super smart, and doing amazing things. He doesn't do a lot of introducing the team behind it. He doesn't show a lot of other people. He is the face of it, but you don't get the sense that he is the culture. You get the sense that there's a lot of other points of view happening behind the scenes. He is spearheading these things, and he is leading these things, but not in the way that it's Alon's way or the highway. That's my feeling. So you're in a situation like this. You want to be, uh, you know, motivated and successful and driven and healthy, but you feel unforgiving and unflexible and dismissive and toxic. How do you fix this? Now, granted, this guy tried to fix it. He tried to walk it back in his second post, um, though at the end he can't stop himself. <laughs> um, if we scare the majority of our applicants away, then that's fine. I buy that. Um, we're, he- we're, he- we're for the few. I buy that. That's what makes us exceptional. got a little exclusionary there. We're better than you, right? Right? Uh, And we'll do whatever we can to keep it that way. Ooh, God, he couldn't walk away from this idea of of excluding and being better than. So what would you change? What would you, how would you make this better? Well, first off, you have to remove the person from the equation. I don't want to hear from Josh. I want to hear about the brand. I want to hear about us. I want to hear about what we're doing. It's about people, not the person. A brand is a collection of people. I don't care how, you know, unless you're a one-person company, the addition of a second person changes the company. Even if that second person is a clone and twin of the first person, they still have points of view. They still have egos. They still have things they're trying to do. It's about them, not the, you know, they're not slaves in service of a master. They have their own motivators. You also need multiple notes. Now, again, because I've only seen this, these two posts from this brand I'd never heard of, they have blotted out anything else I may know about that brand. They will overseed anything else I may learn about that company for a very, very long time. Now, if it turns out that this company is giving money to the homeless to make sure they they find ways of, of – of, of I don't know getting jobs and, and staying healthy and they're doing disaster relief in Puerto Rico or um, whatever they're, they're doing amazingly inclusive things and giving things beyond what these two posts are that might help me kind of unfreeze this idea of what this brand is but right now it's just these two posts and those posts are about him not them I need more them you need more them that's how you understand we talk about, like, GE and their amazing, art their amazing employer brand work that they're doing. It's about us. Yes, they're talking to one person, but we know that one person is an actor, and we know that one person is espousing a broader point of view. I get nothing but this guy from this guy, from this company. Nothing but this guy, and that's unfortunate. We need to know where other people fit. We need to hear the harmonies. We need to hear, yes, we're driven. And it turns out one of these guys who works for him, and I'm assuming guys, I apologize, one of these other people who works with him isn't a runner. Maybe he's, she's just a championship archer. I don't know. It's still healthy. It's still physical, but not in the way running is. They're motivated. They're championship winner. There's different flavors to this. Or it turns out someone, I'm, I'm going to guess there's, no amount of, uh, there probably not any champion uh, hot dog eating people in this company. <laughs> I don't think that sounds healthy. But there are other ways of being healthy other than the way this guy is doing it. But the way he's presenting it makes it sound this is the only way you can be healthy. And anybody who doesn't run for two hours every morning is a loser. Now I know enough of you to know that not all of you run two hours a day and you're not losers. And again, I go back to Moz, <laughs> who definitely doesn't run two hours a day and he's definitely not a loser. Steve Ballmer, I think he's a total jerk and a horrible manager of Microsoft. Definitely doesn't run, definitely not a loser. He's a hell of a salesman. Should a salesman run in that company? That's a separate conversation. Then you need to provide outcomes. You need to provide defensible proof points. When we make such a broad claim, like only runners runners are always successful and we hire runners, thus making the projection that we are always successful, show me. Show me what success looks like to you because I'm going to guess it's not like what success looks like to me because that makes it about less about the person and more about the context and the idea and the concept. It's much less personal. It's much less ego-driven, which unfortunately is what I'm getting from these posts. It's about ego. That's how I would change that brand. So brands can go far, too far. Employer brands can absolutely take a, a good idea, Especially when you adopt this idea that we're not for everybody, which I applaud and I embrace and I'm a big fan of. I don't care who, how big your company is. You, 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 you aren't for everybody. Google is not for everybody. Number one employer around the world, massive employer, not for everybody. And they know that. They don't necessarily project that or talk about it, but they know that. Amazon, definitely not about everybody. Not for everybody. Brands should be able to project who they're not, and I'm, again, love that part. I just think the way this post went about establishing this brand just went too far. Now, to, for the record, I'm going to keep an eye on this company. I'd like to see what else happens. I'd like to see if there's any kind of shift. If I mean, obviously, this guy has seen fallback or pushback from it. He talks about the hundreds of negative posts, and I think it seems to more embolden him than actually help him course correct. He tries to course correct a little bit in this post, but it's not a lot and I'm, I, i'll be interested to see where he goes for all i know for all i know and here's my big asterisk i'm way off base and there's enough people who want to follow this guy that he makes it and turns it into being successful and again i'm good i'm good with that i'm good to be wrong i'm fine to be wrong it would be fascinating to see how that's true i just don't wouldn't predict it that's all that's all i'm saying i think it did go too far and that's that's kind of the point i wanted to make Thanks so much for listening. As always, throw a review up on uh, iTunes or Google Play or wherever you do that. We appreciate them. We love them. Thanks for sharing this out to people. Thanks for talking about us. Thanks for talking to me. You can always find me on Twitter at The War for Talent, or you can find the website, thetalentcast.com. Um, keep an eye out for webinars and stuff like that. And I'm actually going to be out and about soon at other places. So I'd love to talk to you. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. Bye.